Welcome along, everybody, to another episode of Alchemy Radio, where the only thing we ask of you is to keep an open mind. And my guest this week is somebody who's going to be talking about an issue very close to my heart, personally. It's Ashlyn Fitzgibbon. Ashlyn, how are you? I'm fine, thanks. John, how are you? I'm very good, thanks, and all the better for having you on the show. I think we're going to have a very interesting discussion about fluoride. But before we do, Ashlyn, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, okay, um, I'm a qualified occupational therapist. I qualified from the University of Salford in Manchester. Um, and after that, um, I got interested in, in nutrition, I suppose, really from my own point of view. Um, my health, after I finished my degree, was really bad. I had very little energy. Um, which I, you know, My mood was very, very low. Um, so as a result, I ended up going to a lady called Barbara Wren, and she's based in Devon in the UK, and she runs the College of Natural Nutrition. So I went to her for a nutritional consultation. Okay. And I, I went on a holistic program. Um, and I suppose after about six months, I really started to, to see the, a huge change in my whole system. I really started improving. Um, my whole energy came back. My mood was brilliant, everything. And one of the things that she mentioned when I went to her was the fact that the water supply in Ireland was fluoridated and one of the first things she got me to do was to get um, a filter. So I got a reverse osmosis filter into my house yeah. um, and she was saying how harmful it was on, on health and things. And that was pretty much all I knew that it was bad. I didn't really look into it for a while until she came over last year um, to Ireland to Tralee County Kerry, where I'm from. And she gave a number of talks around Tralee um, about mental health problems and how to treat them naturally. And she spoke a lot about the fact that the water was fluoridated and how that disturbs the thyroid gland and how that can be a massive um, contributing factor to developing depression um, and things like chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia, etc. So when she was staying here in my house, she really said to me, she said, you know, if you do anything for Ireland, she said, just please try and get the fluoride out of the water. So she said this to myself, my mum, um, this was last summer. Um, so we spent all last summer researching about fluoride and the effects on the human health. And the more we looked into it, the deeper and deeper we got into it, the more motivated we were to, to, to start this campaign to get it out of the water. So my mum is a secondary school teacher um, and she's based in Mercy Mount Hawk School in Tralee. So she went into the transition year school, or sorry, the transition year students, and she asked them, would they be interested in running a campaign against fluoride? And they, they were very happy to take that on board. So they started a campaign called Would You Pay for Poison? So in that campaign, then, um, I did a lot of work kind of behind the scenes, like with researching for the different um, speeches and things that the children were giving. And um, what we did was, first of all, we invited Walter Graham down from the north of Ireland um, and he was instrumental in getting the fluoridation stopped in two of the cities there in the north, and that, ha that, that happened in 1997. So he came down anyway, and he, he educated us a huge amount about fluoride, and um, he really kind of motivated us, I suppose, to, to really um, get the campaign running at a more kind of national scale as opposed to just in, in County Kerry. But um, after a few talks were given in the county, um, the county, Kerry County Council voted unanimously to remove fluoride but they said they can't do so because um, the fact that it's written into law and it's been mandatory in Ireland to, to fluoridate the water supply since 1964. 
Okay, so I'm I'm, I'm going to backtrack a little bit here because there's there's something that I uh, I don't fully understand. Actually, fluoride. Surely it's good for us. Is it not good for our teeth? Is it not in toothpaste and mouthwash? Do dentists not tell us that it's good? What's so bad about fluoride? Yes, that that is the myth that is around like that the fluoride is good for the teeth. That was that's what we we've all been told and we all believed. Um, yes, the dentists promote that as as being as a preventative measure for preventing dental um, cavities. Um, and the Minister for Health and the expert body on fluorides and health in Ireland also say that it's um, a public measure to protect oral hygiene. But in actual fact, that myth was born in the 1950s. Um, it originated in America where um, the phosphate, the fertilizer industry, um, they were pumping out lots of fumes out of the factories where they were producing the chemicals. And as a result, animals and plant life were dying around the factories. So they got into a lot of trouble. And as a result, they had to put scrubbers on the chimneys to stop any of the fumes from evaporate or from escaping. But because of that then, they had a lot of waste products. And the waste product coming from that is called hydrofluoric acid, So, which one of the ingredients is fluoride, along with lead um aluminium mercury uranium it's just heavy metal cocktail basically okay um, so in order for them to dispose of that safely it would cost something like well in america it would be four sorry seven thousand dollars per truckload of this stuff to get rid of right so, so pretty they, expensive very expensive to dispose of safely so what they did was they gave unlimited money to the the industrialists gave unlimited funding to the government and to the dental association to promote fluoride as being good for the teeth so they gave them basically as much money as they needed to advertise and to just embed this in the psyche of the nation that Florida's good for the teeth. So this all came about in the 50s. So let, let me get this straight, right? We've got fluoride, which is basically a waste product or a byproduct of the heavy metals aluminium industry. And yes. you've got this product that they can't dispose of cheaply and they're getting in a lot of trouble because they're damaging the environment or whatever, in whatever way they dispose of it. So they managed to get permission to put this into the water supply to feed humans this. Yeah, they did, yeah. And as a result, uh, you know, it's in the toothpaste as well, which it kinda, which enforces to people the fact that fluoride is good for the teeth, so people don't tend to question it. You know, I never questioned it until I was told when I went to this lady um, in the College of Natural Nutrition about the fact that fluoride is bad. Um, you know, and it was the whole thing, oh, well, it's for your teeth, what do you do if you take it out? Yeah. But actually, the studies that have come to the, to the forefront, um, study now recently done um, in New Zealand, and it was showing that fluoride actually doesn't prevent dental cavities at all. It's just the, the data has been manipulated just to show otherwise. But in actual fact, fluoride can damage teeth, and the, the Irish government have admitted that um, overexposure to fluoride can result in dental fluorosis, which you might notice in some people's teeth is like the kind of mottling, like a white kind of spot, you know, in the teeth. Yeah, yeah. So they're actually saying it's good for the teeth, but it actually damages teeth. And the fact that dentists also push it as well, not only the fact that it's been embedded in their training, in their schools, also they're going to be getting a huge amount of work um, in return because people over time, initially the fluoride will harden the teeth, but then the teeth can become too hard and brittle, so you'll have to have a lot of like reconstructive work done as you get older. So what so you're saying, uh, actually, yeah. is this this is a monumental scam. Absolutely, it's one of the greatest conspiracies I would say that has, has been around. You know, for me, I never would have been into conspiracy theories ever before yeah. I got into this, 
and only through my direct experience do I see there is a complete conspiracy of silence in Ireland against, against the harm of water fluoridation. The Irish government are just blatantly, blatantly lying and disregarding all scientific evidence. And, you know, there has to be a reason why they're doing that. You know, follow the money trail. They obviously are getting a huge amount of money to keep this in. You know, and, and, and who's benefiting as well? The pharmaceutical industry has a huge role to play in this because they are getting a huge amount of business because people are getting so many different illnesses and then they're dependent then on drugs to alleviate those illnesses. So, you know, the whole thing is kind of tied up in a whole corruption with money and, you know, the, the, the lack of acknowledgement of, of the fact that this is actually a toxic industrial waste product. Okay, well, we're going to look at the whys a little bit later on, but uh, before we do that, Ashin, you've uh, you've a huge amount of research done on this, as have thousands and thousands of people all over the world. And yeah, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Ireland is probably the only the only country that has full fluoridation in Europe. Is is that correct? That's correct. Yeah, with Europe, um, yeah, ninety eight percent of Europe isn't fluoridating. We're the only place that are fully fluoridated. Um, you're in Britain, ten percent of of Britain is fluoridated. I think it's around the areas of Birmingham. And um, then in Spain, the Basque region is fluoridated. But yeah. it's interesting to note the places that they're choosing to fluoridate in, in Europe, say, because, say, the Basque region, where the people will be quite rebellious by nature, they have it in there. And then in, in the UK, the areas that they, they are using the fluoride in is actually where the ethnic minorities are living. Well, that's very interesting. And this leads on to my next question, because I, I need to ask you, Ashin, what does fluoride do to us in a negative sense? Because we now know that in Ireland, at least, we're all ingesting this every day of the week, either directly through tap water or indirectly. I mean, presumably, if um, the food industry uses water in a product, there's going to be fluoride in there. So no, no matter what we do about it or how assiduous we are, in some way, we are most likely ingesting a certain amount of fluoride. So what are the effects of it, Ashlyn? Um, the effects are so many that I'll just kind of tie into the kind of ones that are the most serious, really. Okay. Um, first, well, first of all, on the level of the brain, we'll talk about um, our our brain. We have a blood-brain barrier. It's a membrane that protects the brain from environmental toxins. Um, but when fluoride is present, it actually um, penetrates the blood-brain barrier because the main ingredient required for this membrane to be intact is actually iodine and fluoride depletes the body of its iodine. So it's actually letting the, the brain become vulnerable to environmental toxins, you know, and within the fluoride cocktail they're putting into the water, this hydrofluoric acid, aluminium is one of the ingredients also. So that's, been able, that's able then to enter into the, into the brain tissue. Um, so you see a huge explosion in neurological disease like death, dementia, Alzheimer's, um, epilepsy, you know, uh, we actually have twice the global average of neurological disease, which so the kind of statistics speak for themselves. And it's, and it's all kind of, once you start looking at all of this and connect the dots, you'll see the role that Florida is, is playing in our, in our health in this country. Um, so on that level, that's, that's quite worrying. Um, also, it's, um, a huge amount of studies are done into the fact that it's um, causing cardiovascular disease. Because um, fluoride, when it's ingested, will leaches out magnesium and calcium out of the system. So basically, you're taking away the essential minerals from the system to operate. Um, and cardiovascular cardiovascular disease, basically, the the, the arteries are are hardening up, and you know the ingestion of fluoride isn't going to kill you straight away or 
you know, you're not going to drop dead from drinking a glass of water or having a meal that has is being cooked in fluoride, but it's the accumulative effects in the system, you know, over time that cause these different issues. Um, there's been a huge amount of research into the fact that fluoride lowers IQ. Um, even, not even just the artificial fluoride, but even naturally occurring fluoride in high enough levels. There's been studies in China, Iran, um, show, and India showing that the IQ is, is lowered as well. Um, well, that's very also, interesting yeah. because I think stati- statistically speaking, the Irish have the lowest IQ in Europe. Yeah, yeah. Well, they said that in the past decade that um, the level, the level in, um, in, like, say, the school systems have just dropped drastically. And my, my mom, who's a school secondary school teacher, has seen this firsthand. You know, she works in the special needs department. Yeah. And she and she just says year after year, she said in the past ten years the kids are getting worse and worse, and it's just, you know, nobody's nobody's joining the dots, nobody's asking why, what's going on, and then and then you see it's kind of linking into the fact that people's, you know, people are receiving a lot of vaccinations nowadays, um, where the ingredients to preserve the vaccines are actually heavy metals. So when you're taking fluoride and you're being vaccinated, um, the brain is actually basically open to receive any of the heavy metals that are, are, are going into the system. Okay. You know, so, so that's kind of linking in, I suppose, to the IQ and how people's brains are being undermined. Their functioning has been undermined big time. And you, you can see that, you know, in our society that people just don't seem to question what's happening, you know, with the economy, with politics, with all of this, it just seems to just be playing out and nobody seems to, to want to stop us, you know. So this kind of explain a lot about what's happening as well. Well, yeah, that's a very, very interesting point. And you mentioned the Basque region and the uh, ethnic minority regions of the UK where they do have uh, fluoridation. Yeah. And, I mean, one of my biggest frustrations in this country has always been the the amount of apathy that exists with regard to what goes on, be it politically or socially or whatever it might be. There, there, there's a real attitude, in my experience, of, ah, well, we just have to put up with it and make the best of it type thing, which doesn't exist throughout the rest of Europe. So if you join yeah. the dots there and link the statistics, it does seem there has to be, I mean, it's certainly worth looking at a connection there between fluoridation oh, yeah. and, and, see, and it, IQ. The, 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 fun, the funny thing is, like, for people who are very sceptical listening to this, you know, it's it's very healthy to be sceptical and not not take my advice at face value. But do your research. Do you know? Delve into this. There's so much out there on the internet, and you really once you start looking at it, and and to be honest, I didn't really want to believe all of this was really happening until I started researching it, and and then the evidence, the scientific evidence, speaks for itself. You know, and there's no denying what it's doing. Even the Lancet Journal, um, which is I suppose the most highly regarded journal in the medical community. Um, actually speak about fluoride being a neurotoxin and even the WHO talk about neurological disease and that the quality of water plays a massive role in the development of neurological disease so even these you know large organizations you know that are are well regarded and trusted in, in worldwide are even speaking out against these things you know but it's just the Irish government seems to be ignoring it um but recently, in February of this year, um, an environmental scientist from Cork called Declan Waugh um, put together a report called Human Toxicity, um, Environmental Impacts and Legal Implications for Water Fluoridation. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he submitted this report into the government, into all the relevant bodies. And um, basically, his report brings together all the scientific evidence worldwide all together in one report and it's basically spelling out what the government are doing is, is criminal, you know, 
all this evidence is there and they're ignoring it. And anyway, that was put in in February and he's gotten a response from the Minister for Health and the expert body on fluoride and health. And they're saying that um, they're completely disregarding his report and they're saying that it's not valid, that it doesn't, um, that it's his own opinion, that it's not actually the organisations that he reviewed. But presumably you know, he has backed this up with scientific evidence, I mean, with facts, yeah? Oh, completely. It's heavily referenced. Like, it's, 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 um, his work is impeccable. And the funny thing is, that's fine, okay, that's their opinion. He sent it in to different authorities in Canada and America. Yeah. Um, and he got a response back from a Harvard professor congratulating his work, how, how um, unbiased and how, um, you know, that his work was an act of humanity and just saying how that he's doing basically what the government has failed to do. And then in Canada, recently, only like a month ago, I think four different cities, um, they, well, his, his report went into the authorities and using his report and the other evidence worldwide, four cities have stopped water fluoridation. So over two million Canadian people now have fluoride-free water and Death and Wall's report contributed to that decision being made. Um, but yet the Irish government, you know, completely disregards his work. So to me, you know, this is a conspiracy theory. It's basically... You can, you can see it firsthand. They're trying to they're trying to cover it up. They're trying to, uh, you know, they are adamant that they'll continue on this policy of water fluoridation and nothing is going to stop them. You know, so it's just like, you know, what what gives? So anyway, myself, and my mom have really taken this campaign, I suppose, to the a national level. Where in February of this year, um, alongside with the children, we went to the doll in February, um, and they gave um, a talk to about 10 TDs about the dangers of water fluoridation, and sure, you know, they listened and whatnot, but they don't seem to want to take much on board, you know, because they, they just listen to the kind of, the the dogma that fluoride is good for the teeth, and that's all they seem to listen to. Okay, but, so basically you guys arrive at the Dáil, which for anybody outside of Ireland is the Irish Parliament, and you're faced with politicians, and you have um, pri- primary schools, so... Children. Oh, no, secondary secondary school. Oh, secondary school. Yeah, so they're, kind of, they're all they're about they're a transition years. So they're about sixteen. Okay, so about fifteen, sixteen yeah. years of age, and you've yeah. got your group together, and you're faced with these politicians. What was the attitude, or what was the demeanor that you faced? I mean, you obviously presented what it is that you had to present, and you showed them facts and stuff like that. What was the attitude towards you? Um, you know, they were very respectful towards the children. You know, they were saying, "Oh, well done." You know, they were congratulating them about their presentation, how how professional they were, and everything. Um, a few of them were were speaking, saying, you know, they had they were never aware of the fact that fluoride was so harmful, and they were going to look into it. And a few of them said they submitted parliamentary questions into the Minister for Health. Okay. Um, and pretty that was that was pretty much it. Um, only a, an independent TV. His name is Thomas Pringle, and he's from Donegal. And he spoke anyway. And he said that he was working in the water services in Killybegs in Donegal for I think maybe 20 years. Right. And he said that he has been adamant that, you know, that fluoride should be stopped for many years. And he said, they just won't listen. You know, there's a lot of money involved in all of this. And he said, you could be campaigning, he said, for a very long time. But he said, the way to go with this is a lawsuit. Fight it on a lawsuit um, against bodily integrity being violated, um, informed consent and mass medication. So... Okay, so you've decided to go down that route and you have actually challenged the Irish government legally and you have a pending court case that's actually, is it, is it questioning or is it looking for the removal of Florida? What exactly is the court case, Ashin? Tell us about that. Well, we're, we're kind of like, the early days of, of, of kind of 
with with the court case at the moment, um, I have a solicitor and a barrister taking on the case on a pro bono basis. Um, but we're we're basically challenging the Irish state to, to remove fluoride. You know, um, the fact we're kind of taking it from more of a say of human rights angle that you know bodily integrity is being violated on a daily basis um, with a substance, a chemical substance that has never been tested for human safety. Okay. Even, yeah, even though when it was, it was brought out in 1964, but it was under this Health Act of 1960, um, and one of the sections of that act stated that um, fluoride had to be tested for human safety and efficacy, and that was in the 60s, and now we're in, what, 2012, and that has never been done. Because if they did carry that, that study, it would come to the forefront that it's not safe. So essentially the people who are telling us that this is safe have never actually tested it to see is it safe? Never, no. Yet they're discounting the evidence from scientists and researchers who can prove that it's unsafe. Absolutely, yeah. Because there was even um, a professor of chemistry from New York University called Dr. Paul Connett. Um, he's, um, a, yeah, he's, he's from England, but he's working over there. He actually came over to the Irish government, I think, twice and has given them talks about fluoridation, about how harmful it is, you know, that it has to be stopped. And sure, they just ignored him. They didn't even respond to him after he after he left. You know, there was no no further contact. But um, he has openly spoken out against the Irish government and he said, you know, that if there was a court case, that he would he would come without without any problem. You know, he'd come over, you know, out of his own money type of thing to help to, to stop this because, um, you know... This is something that is affecting absolutely every person in this country. This is not something to be taken lightly. You know, this is the, the government actively poisoning the population with with a with toxic waste product. So, um, for for me, I'm just very passionate about this about this subject, and I think the court case, um, you know, to challenge them through the legal system, I think is the way to go because they just they just, they just won't listen otherwise. You know, um, and and I I was. The man who helped get the Florida out of the north of Ireland, Walter Graham, he did say to me when he was down here last year, he said, you know, the, you, need to, you need to fight it legally. That's, that's the kind of way. But, um, and is that the route that Walter Graham went down in the north of Ireland when he successfully challenged fluoridation? Um, no, he didn't. Well, you see, it was only two cities that had fluoridation in the north, so his was a bit of a different case. Okay. Um, yeah, um, but what he did was he lobbied all the county councils in the north and he got them all to vote no because he showed, he presented all the all the evidence, and then the councillors voted no, so it wasn't introduced in in the whole of the north. Um, and then the two cities that had fluoridation, he he campaigned with the local people and they marched on Stormont, and I think they had the backing as well of Jerry Adams, you know, and Ian Paisley from the political side. Okay. So he he didn't have to go down the the, the legal route, but really the it's kind of more safer to go down the legal route to actually get them to change the law so it can never be reintroduced. Okay, so what's the end game then with the legal route? Um, you go into court and let's imagine you, uh, hypothetically, you win this case. Um, what happens then? So what what exactly will be the ramifications or the potential outcome? Well, the outcome will be for them, they'll, they'll change the, the law that for mandatory fluoridation. That will just be rewritten. And... Um, it will just be soft then nationwide and you know that you see the thing is this happened in a lot of the countries in Europe um, evidence came to the forefront showing that it was causing harm to human health and the country stopped they saw it was harmful and they stopped and this, this most of the country stopped in the kind of early 70s and 80s you know they acknowledged that it was causing harm and there wasn't massive lawsuits and things I think maybe the government here are worried 
there was going to be massive litigation against the harm, but that wasn't the case in the other countries, so I'm not really sure. I think just take it out and, you know, be done with it. Okay, because something that interests me is, I mean, just as an individual, and personally I do my level best to avoid fluoride as much as I can, but... If if the government is knowingly putting something in the water that they claim is good for your health, okay, mm-hmm. surely that amounts to medication and forced medication. Because let's face it, we don't have any choice as to whether we want to drink this stuff or not. We can't avoid it in this country. So if, if somebody is medicating me against my will, yeah. whether they think it's good for me or not, surely it's my right to choose what I want to, how I want to be medicated or to refuse if I don't want that. Um, surely that's a violation of some kind of human right. Has, has, has that angle been looked at in terms of the legal case? Oh yeah, that, I think that's really that, that will be the main case. That will be the main point that we're going to be taking because you see, if you go down the science route of, of debating, you know, this causes this, this causes that, they'll come back with their own experts and just try and discredit all that you're saying. But if you're taking it purely from the human rights point of view, that our bodily integrity is being violated every every day, we're being mass medicated. Yeah. with a substance that has never been tested for safety. And um, I think it was 2005, the European, in the European court, it actually ruled that fluoride in foods is regarded as a medicine. So that will actually help us now with our case. Um, that, 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 that's recently been shown to us, that document. And um, basically, Ireland are, you know, a lot of the foods that are processed with the water, which obviously they're using the main water supply. So that's, containing fluoride so basically the foods that Ireland are exporting are by European law regarded as a medicine and you're not allowed to export or sorry yeah export a medicine without it being tested for safety. Wow so essentially we're in another violation there. Absolutely and the fact is that countries say like Holland who banned fluoridation in 1976 and they actually wrote it into their constitution never it will never be reintroduced they're actually importing um, a, a very popular brand of Irish cheese, which has very high levels of fluoride. So, you know, they, they banned this substance, but yet they're actually importing a foodstuff, foodstuff with this substance. So, you know, all of this is, is very worrying for the Irish export trade as well. It's absolutely staggering, Ashin. But for, for those sceptics, and there will be many, of course, who say, look, I've been drinking water every day in my life for the past whatever right, number I, of and years. And I'm grand, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm grand. What, what do you say to them? Well, I would say, they, well, okay, you may feel fine, but you don't know what's happening long term with your health. You know, what's going to actually, what's going to happen um, as you get, as you age, as you get older, uh-huh. what conditions might come out. And, and you might not even be aware uh, but you, you know, you may have um, you may have like some fluoride-related illness that you may not even realise is because of fluoride. You might you might be caught, you might be thinking it's something completely different. You might think it's genetics. Okay. Um, but also for those who are sceptical, I would just say do do your research on the internet. Um, a very good site is fluoridealert.org, um, and that is all scientifically referenced, very heavily. Um, backed up, you know, it's no, nothing is just written and not referenced. Um, and then there is Declan Wall's report, um, which I'll, I'll give you a link to at the end of this so you can put that up for people to look at. Great. Yeah, so people can make up their own mind. Fantastic. And you mentioned Thomas Pringle, who is a, a TD, which is a Member of Parliament in Ireland, who is yeah. su- supporting you and supportive of this. Is there anybody else from the political body in Ireland who in any way has kind of given any active support to this and, and not just given it lip service? 
Um, I suppose they're in front, yeah, actively. Nobody actively, but lip service, yes. The only other TD is um, Luke Min, Fli- Min Flanagan, who, um, who he was the TD who got us in to the doll in February of this year. Um, he, you know, all he's, all he's done so far is put in questions to the Minister for Health, which he's just comes back with these responses. You know, it's just it's just so tiresome. It's like back and forth, back and forth, the same thing, same thing going around. Which is pretty much why I think the lawsuit, I suppose Thomas Pringle really was encouraging a lawsuit because he, he obviously knows the system and he knows that's the way, he said that's the way to stop it. He's also been in contact with me recently and he's going to give us a letter of support, you know, that we can use on, a, on our website as well. Yeah. So for me or Johnny or Mary or anybody else who might be listening mm-hmm. to this, yeah. And they're kind of pricking up their ears and maybe they've gone away and done a bit of research and they thought, hang on, fluoride is not for me. What can they do right now to avoid fluoride in this country? Well, I suppose, number one, switch off from fluoride toothpaste to non-fluoridated toothpaste. So you're avoiding, you're reducing your consumption um, through that. Um, then if you can, you can get a water filter. Reverse osmosis filter, I suppose, is one of the most convenient ones. And that's plumbed in under your sink, and it has like a set. We'll have a separate tap, and that's the one filter that will filter out fluoride out of the water. And also, if you, because you see, the thing is, a lot of people say, "Oh, I'm drinking bottled water, and I'm fine," but then it's like, "Well, what are you cooking in?" Oh, you know, I use tap water, but if you're actually boiling it and cooking with it, it actually concentrates the chemical further. So it's important that you're cooking with um, either filtered water or spring water. Um, and if anyone is near a well or a water pump, even you know you can get large containers um, and fill them up and just you know make the effort to get, to get that water into your home. Um, so your your cu- your cup yeah. of tea or coffee or your boiled water or soup, whatever it might be, that's full of fluoride too, even though it has been boiled. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because like yeah, you might imagine oh, boiling it will kill off or you know people think kills off bacteria or anything. Yeah. But actually. By because you're by boiling it, you're you'll be reducing the water down, and the chemical is actually concentrated further, so it's actually making it more harmful than just plain water. Okay, so and very, you, yeah. you mentioned bottled water as well, Ashin. Is there any kind of standard or any testing that bottled water has to do? Does it have to have it necessarily labelled if there's fluoride contained in the water? Well, I think some people um, have got a few waters tested, and uh, some of the levels of fluoride are actually higher than tap water. So I don't think that some of them are actually declaring. I think the standards for water, bottled water, are not as stringent as they should be. Um, so I think really on, on the safe side is to kind of go for the waters that are not really produced as much in Ireland, as in like um, in the non-fluoridated areas. So you're making sure, you know, even getting waters in like Little or Aldi, you know, that are German, you know, there's no fluoride there. Um, so I think those waters would probably be the safer, or even French waters, you know, like Volvic or or Evian waters that which would wouldn't be produced in Ireland. And that's which is, the, the, you know, which is kind of against my belief system because I'm I'm very much into like supporting local suppliers and you know the people that are in this country. But it's just you know for me, if I want to protect myself as much as I can. Uh-huh. So it's a bit, it's a bit upsetting to think that like these companies could be affected because people are, will become aware of, of, of the fluoride. But the main thing that we want to do is to get the fluoride out as quickly as possible. Hopefully by next year it will be out and, you know, we won't have to worry about these things. We'll actually be able to access safe, healthy water. And when are you looking to take this case or when is, is the case scheduled or what's the situation with regard to that, Ashley? 
Um, the schedule for the case will be early next year now by the time it goes to the High Court because um, the solicitor was saying that the main thing to do is to generate as much publicity before we get to, to the court, you know, so that um, it's being spoken about as much as possible to give it the best shot of, of succeeding, really. You know, if, the, if there's pressure on the judge and he, and he, and he hears that so many people are, are against this and, you know, that there's a huge hype about it. Right. So, okay. um, yeah, so we're concentrating on, on launching a big publicity campaign running from, it'll be starting in October of this year to February of next year. So we're going to try and get as much information out there as possible. So hopefully I'll be able to come on and speak to you again once we're kind of up and running with that. Absolutely. And you have a website up online at the moment. Tell us a little bit about that if somebody's looking for more information on what fluoride is and about your case as well and how they might get actively involved even. Yeah, um, we have a little website just set up. Um, it's called it's www.suthegovforfluoride.com. It's very in your face. Okay, suthegovforfluoride.com. And what's on the site, Ashin? Um, well, the information, well, the, it's pretty much just been developed this week now, so it's not as much information as, as, it, as it will be. There'll be much more updated in the next couple of weeks. Um, it's about, about my case, about um, how I've gotten involved with this and the legal proceedings. We also have links then to different videos on YouTube that people will be interested in watching and then links to different websites that will be containing all the scientific evidence and a link to the recent report by Declan Moore. So people can do as much research before they want to get actively involved um, and then there'll be a, there's a contact for us in the campaign, there's a number of people now that are working heavily on this. Um, so just, you know, any support that people can offer, because um, we are going to be running this public, publicity campaign um, beginning um, in October this year. So we'd like people to help them get, get on board and basically just try and spread the message as, po- as much as possible. We'll have um, downloads for of posters that people can, can print off and, and put around their areas and different leaflets then that people can print off and distribute. Um, the, the main thing is just to get the message out there as much as possible. Um, we also have a donations account that people can contribute what they can towards the legal uh, expenses. Now, the solicitor and barrister are, are taking it on a pro bono basis, but they do want just basic um, expenses covered. Um, and we're just, we need as much kind of funding for the, for the publicity campaign as well because we're working on setting up websites, we're making a mini film, we're doing loads of different emotional um, campaigns amongst the kind of in the campaign itself so um, as much, you know whatever people can contribute every, every, you know it will really help to just do this do this as much as to, to the highest standards that we can to really um, give the court case the best shot you know at succeeding and hopefully get the Florida out of the of Ireland by next year. And there's something that uh, that's just striking me as I'm listening to you speak about it Ashin I mean are you happy just to stop, um, for example, if the court case goes through and the laws are changed and our water is defluoridated? Mm. Are you happy with that? Or, I mean, are you looking for somebody to be held accountable? Or where does this stop? Because the more I hear about this and the more research I do into it myself, yeah, it's it's criminal what's going on. Absolutely. And I think, well, the main person to be held accountable is the Minister for Health. Um, because this, he's the person that ultimately... Even um, the Taoiseach, Andy Kenny, is actually passing the book to him. You know, it's the Minister for Health Department. The environment, the minister, or sorry, the um, 
the Minister for the Environment, you know, it's not even, they're not even um, approaching the subject, it's all, it's to do with the Minister for Health, so he's the kind of person that is going to be held responsible, and also this expert body for floors and health, you can look that up, um, you'll see there's 12 members on this panel, and they, they meet once a year um, to review the scientific evidence, and obviously they're not reviewing any scientific evidence, and this panel is being paid, I think, 500,000 around that anyway, just to meet once a year. Um, so this is a complete, you know, it's it's not only the criminal, it's also wasting the taxpayers' money on something that is actually ultimately destroying the people of Ireland. So I think, yes, these people should be named and shamed and, 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 and they should be held accountable, absolutely, because what they're doing is, is a complete, a complete just crime against humanity is the only way, way to say it. It really is. And the more research people do, you know, I really encourage people to do do your own research and just see what it's doing, what the effects are. And there's no there's no disputing it. There's absolutely no disputing it. And that's and, the thing that I think yeah. people need to bear in mind. We're not in the realm of conspiracy theory here. We're in the realm of conspiracy fact. And the word conspiracy is not a dirty word. Anyone can look it up. Um, it's it's a word that's in common use in the English language. But I think the media have quite often twisted that. And there's an impression out there that any time the word conspiracy is used, it means some crackpot who doesn't yeah. know what they're talking about and is just spouting absolute nonsense. That is not the case. The, the evidence is out there and the information is there for people to look up themselves. Mm-hmm, exactly, yeah. But all, uh, another kind of shocking in fact was um, in Alaska last year, they stopped it, what, uh, fluoridation. Okay. Uh, and that, that was actually because somebody died because they ended up putting in far more le- very high levels of fluoride in the water kind of by accident and this person obviously consumed a vast amount of water and it came out that this person actually had fluoride poisoning and um, yeah they actually stopped it based on that incredible so, stuff well Asha yeah. the work that you're doing is to be absolutely commended and I would encourage everybody to get online and check you out and closely follow what's going on and do what you can yeah. as well on a personal level because at the end of the day while we may give out about government and the powers that be, the uh, I suppose the book stops with us as individuals. And while you're certainly taking your own power and taking control, I think the onus is on all of us to do the same thing. So yeah. I certainly wish you the very best of luck. And we will be checking in with you on this, certainly in the future, because I think it's, it's an important issue that does need to be aired and not just given some airspace and forgotten about. Oh, no, because you see, when we're running this, this publicity campaign, I don't really want to talk about it too much until we have it out, out and running, to be honest, in case yeah. anything jeopardises it. But um, once we have that up and running, it'd be fantastic to get some more airtime and just to get more and more people aware of it and just spreading it and spreading it. Because the, the more energy and input by people in this, the more chance we have of getting it out sooner, sooner rather than later. Uh, I mean, you know, as you said... We give out about the politicians. We give out about the country, you know, as if it's a separate entity to us. But sure, we are the country. We're we're the people of the country. So it's up to us. If we see injustice, you know, before our very eyes, for us to act, you know, it, it requires everyone to engage fully. And I think that's empowering as well to, to show people that as individuals, you know, if we all team together, we can we can affect so much change. You know, we doubt myself my mum with the Flora campaign and the kids in the school have already generated so much awareness in County Kerry alone and that was only in a matter of a few months you know if everyone was doing this like nationwide mm-hmm. you know this is how things this is how you create change this is how you bring about justice you know um, 
So I just encourage people to kind of stay tuned and be be prepared to kind of to just give their give a bit of help and you know because at the end of the day this is going to benefit everyone. It's benefiting everyone's health, at the, uh, you know, for themselves and also for their family and for their friends. You know, so it, this is something that you can really relate to. You know, water is essential for life. Our bodies are made up of seventy percent water. You know, without it we can't live. So it's kind of the most precious thing that we should we should have access to um, and the fact that it's being polluted should make people, you know, get that fight in their bellies back again, you know, and, and do away with the apathy. Absolutely. Just, I have know? the power. You have the power. We have the power. Ashley Fitzgibbon, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on Alchemy Radio and we look forward to speaking to you again very, very soon. Thank you very much. Alchemy Radio.